0: Welcome in, everybody, to the Check Your Brain podcast. The theme from The Crying Game with (laughs) Boy George. (laughs) Which, I never saw The Crying Game growing up, but I did see Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. And they play that song throughout the whole movie. It's kind of hard to imagine that they would make a movie like that again, which is now considered very highly- homophobic, sexist, and transphobic nowadays. Yes, indeed. We'll get into all that here on this podcast. Welcome in, everybody. Thank you for listening. My name is Tony Mazer. If you heard me on Godfrey's podcast and Godfrey We Trust last week, I was also on Zach Amico's Midnight Spook Show. Both of them are on Gas Digital Network. I'm not sure if Zach's is posted yet by the time this goes out, but the Godfrey one is up wherever you get your finer podcasts and the YouTube page. It was also on Compound Media last week, so uh, briefly, I wasn't really a guest. I was just kind of in the audience drinking all of Gino Bisconti's whiskey. <laughs> so, yeah, that was all going on, so if you want to check that out on In Hot Water on Compound Media. Mm. I thank the new listeners and people who have subscribed uh, for free or followed me on social media. Got a bunch of new... Instagram and Twitter followers, surprisingly. No, I'm not on TikTok. Will I ever? I I don't know. I I just don't have enough content. It's going to be all that interesting for me to go on TikTok. But if you like this free version of the podcast, you can subscribe at patreon.com slash Tony Mazur, T-O-N-Y-M-A-Z-U-R. Just five bucks a month. You get about four podcasts a week. I'll still put a free one out. Last week I did free episodes just to kind of lure people in if they wanted to subscribe or not. But here I am this week, I'm back at it and putting them behind a paywall except for this one. So thank you for listening to this. Uh, And uh, just uh, what Monday I did a podcast talking about Joe Biden and his 60 Minutes interview, which was just completely alarming. Very alarming. Very, uh, very gaslighting. If you want to talk about some of the things that have really popped up there. Um, and then I had the Mondays with Mazer with Chad Zumach. We did for uh, the, I, I, he, Chad puts it on on Monday. I put it on on Tuesday. Then this podcast. Then we have the football podcast going out Wednesday evening into Thursday. That's the Rack Me podcast with myself and Chad Zumach and Ken Mosca and a special guest usually every week during the football season. So please subscribe and listen to those without further ado. Let's get into talking about what we wanted to talk about today, which was the, it's a lot of trans stuff today. So if this is not your cup of tea, uh, probably not the podcast for you. You might enjoy the football one tomorrow, but there's an alarming thing that's been going on the last couple of years is this normalization of trans athletes. Now, for folks who haven't heard me on any other podcast, especially my own podcast behind the paywall of me talking about this, I am very sympathetic to people who are transgender, who uh, because I do believe it is a mental illness, and I'm sympathetic towards mental illness, and I think we do a really piss-poor job in our society of saying that we care so much about mental illness, and yet we just, we just say it for a day. It's like one of those days where they'll bring basketball superstar Kevin Love he'll go on the Today show and talk about his struggles with depression and anxiety. And they go, "Oh, you know, we should do more as a society." And then we don't do anything. We don't do jack shit after that. We just say it because it sounds good, but we don't end up doing anything about it. Especially and my biggest thing was during the lockdowns during COVID in 2020 and into 21. You're shutting people's businesses down, their livelihoods, you're forcing masks on children and uh, and, and eventually forcing needles in their arms over a vaccine that uh, to protect them from a virus that they're really not at risk over. But all the people who did lose lose out on work, lose out on living life and their depression and the, the amount of uh, suicide that had popped up and opioid overdoses and opioid deaths and, or just people getting on opioids or. Alcohol abuse, tobacco abuse, uh, sexual abuse—whether it's abusing somebody sexually or abusing yourself sexually—you uh, know, pornography. All the, all these vices had really popped up in the last couple of years, and it was a lot because we are suffering from mental health crisis in this country, and we just ignore it. We just say, "Oh no, it's not happening." No, uh, we care more about a virus. We care more about uh, people getting the sniffles for a couple of days than the overall mental health of our country and I include transgender and is transgenderism in that because I do believe it is a mental illness to say that I am a man and I am but I'm really a woman I mean is not biological yes there has been gender bending That has occurred in societies in the past, whether you're talking about the the Greek Empire, the Roman Empire, uh, the the Ottoman Empire. There's a lot. I mean, this isn't a new phenomenon to talk about gender bending. What is a new phenomenon is saying something like drag shows are a lifestyle choice. And other than just being a hobby, you do like a beer league softball team or a, a bowling league. Cause that's what that was. It was I'm a closeted gay man, or some are even straight, and they just like dressing like a woman. Was it Mimi Bobek's husband, <laughs> Drew Carey's brother in the Drew Carey show, who was played by, uh, what's his name, John Michael Carroll or Carol Michael, whatever his name is? He was the husband. He was he was Margie's husband in Fargo, eh? Oh, I think you need to do a little bit of better police work there, Lou. Uh, whatever the quote is, I forgot, but I love Fargo. He played a great role. He's honestly a really, really good actor. But yeah, he dressed in drag. And in 1996, 97, when the Drew Carey show was around, it was treated comically. Drag was treated comically in a way where it's like, oh, it's clearly a man. He's not gay. He's just dressing like, he feels like dressing like a woman. And we called that transvestite. Remember, I'm a tr- sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. That That's a movie that's still very popular in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. You would say, oh, what uh, somebody was what was called a tranny. And you, you would say, like, instead of it being a slur, I'd be like, well, what do you mean by tranny? Do you mean tra- tra- the dressing up or cutting body parts off? And you say, no, it's the cutting body So that's transsexual. Then transvestite vest, vest, wearing a shirt different shirt, blouse, dress. Okay. I got it now. And then we decided in the last couple of years to really empower this so-called lifestyle. And, 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 but it's not only that again, here's my big thing for people. If if you think I'm just ripping on transgender people in this podcast, understand I do have sympathy for them. But if you feel that maybe I am a woman, maybe I am a, I'm a by, I was born a man with a penis and testicles, but I've always felt like a woman. That's fine. When you turn 18, you should go, if you feel that that's what's going to make you happy. And I'm all for people trying to find their own happiness. Not, not, not their own truth, because their own truth is different from the truth. But if you're trying to find something that makes you happy and you feel that lopping body parts off of you and having others attached to you and becoming a new gender, a new sex, then go for it. You do that. But how about until you're 18, you can figure that out? There's a reason we have these numbers and they're not just arbitrary. Is that when you're 13, you think a lot differently than you would at 18 over certain things. And the same with 18 to 21-year-olds. So you say, okay, well, why do I have to wait till I'm 21 to drink? Because you, believe it or not, are a little bit more mature. Now I've talked about with my own personality. Maybe I there's some parts of my maturity that have kind of gone up and down. But we also realize we have what's called a prefrontal cortex, and when your prefrontal cortex is developed, right around when you're 25. Women, it's a little earlier. Guys, it's a little later. Some guys, it's going to be 26, 27. Some girls will be 23, 24. But it's around those mid-20s when your brain is fully developed. So what sense does it make when an 11-year-old wants to go through gender-affirming surgery by saying, I was always a girl, I'm... I was born a boy, the doctors assigned that gender at birth without consulting people, you know, God forbid the doctor who sees a pair of testicles and a penis to go, gosh, I don't know, maybe it should be up to the child to decide what they them wants. No, it, it, that doesn't make sense. We have decided this in the last couple of years. And we're trying to change biology in a relatively short amount of time, and that's it's not going to work it's not going to be a, a thing that we're going to have to look up to but we decide that we're entertaining this and if and again it's not just so much entertaining it's you need to ab- abide by this or you will be canceled you'll be known as a transphobe we're not far into this we're we're basically a decade into really diving headfirst into this to the repercussions of transgenderism that we don't know when it comes to hormone blockers what when i'm hearing about puberty blockers and they say, oh it's safe it's okay all it's doing is it's just halting puberty for just a couple of years and then you know you get off and then you go back to puberty there's really not much data that says that that'll be fine if anything you're looking at possible chemical castration here we don't know you don't know but there's a lot of money that's involved in this, and we're going to get into the situation down at Vanderbilt here in just a little bit. But I want to bring this story up that I saw over the weekend from one of the great publications in the country. It's called The Atlantic, and The Atlantic is a uh, left-wing propaganda outlet for pseudo-intellectuals, and their story and I, I, of course, commented and um, all I said over the weekend, because I was playing softball and I just saw it between games and I just responded, LOL, no, because that's all you like, It's kind of all you need to know. You don't really need to attach much personality or thought behind this because they haven't put a lot of thought behind this. All you got to say is LOL, no. <laughs> I had that one piss people off with a tweet I had about a year ago. And somebody's like, Tony, you're better than this. And I said, LOL, nah. And I got a, got blocked. Because it, it's just insulting. But you're being insulting in the first place. So here's the story. This is from The Atlantic. That says, this is, this is the headline of the article. This is from Maggie Mertens. No hyphen, surprisingly. Separating sports by sex doesn't make sense. Though school sports are typically sex-segregated, a new new generation of kids isn't content to compete within traditional structures. What? So you're going to tell me that men's and women's or girls' and boys' leagues should not exist, and that Gen Z has decided, this is just arbitrary, what's the difference between men and women? So, of course, it's, what are we doing? It's, of course, leading to the transgender uh, topic eventually, but where? why not just have one league? Like, why, why do we have a girls' league and a boy? There's no difference between the two genders anyways, biologically. You know, why can't we do this? So, of course, my response to that is, fine. Who succeeds and who will not? Let's read on before I comment a little bit more. From Maggie Mertens. See, here's part of this paragraph. This is hilarious. Decades of research have shown that sex is far more complex than we may think. And though sex differences in sports show advantages for men, researchers today still don't know how much of this is to attribute to biological difference versus the lack of support provided to women athletes to reach their highest potential. Science is increasingly showing how sex is dynamic, it has multiple aspects and also shifts. Uh, for example, social experiences can actually change levels of sex-related hormones like testosterone in our bodies in a second-to-second and month-to-month way. Sari Van Anders, the research, uh, research chair in social neurodoctrinology uh, at Queen's University, Ontario, told me by email. She said that this complexity means it doesn't make sense to separate sports and sex in order to protect women from athletes from getting hurt. If safety was a concern and there was evidence to select certain bodily characteristics to base safety cutoffs from, then you would say, and it just goes on and on. So basically what this person at through this, uh, I, I what, uh, What is this? A research chair? Is that not even a doctor, right? That's saying that there's no difference between men's and women's athletes. That biology is completely thrown out the window. It doesn't even exist. How about this one? The insistence on separating sports teams strictly by sex is backwards, argues Michaela Musto an assistant sociology professor at the University of British Columbia who has studied the effect of gender binary on students and young athletes. Remember, this is Canada, of course, which is they're trying to make it so even on social media that if you misgender somebody, it's considered a hate crime. Part of the reason we have this belief is that boys are inherently stronger than girls. And even the fact that we believe that gender is a binary is because of, of sport itself, not the other way around, she told me by phone. The strict sex segregation we've instilled in sports at all levels gives the impression that men and women have completely different capabilities, but in reality, she said, the relationship between sex and athletic capability is never so cut and dried. There are some boys who could get really hurt if they uh, competed against other boys in contact sports. Researchers have noted for years that there are even more diversity in athletic performance within sex than between the sexes. This is, this is moronic. All of this is moronic. Can, can you believe that this is actually going on? That we're having this argument? I, unfortunately, I can, because I know how insane, how fucked up we are as society, that we've decided to go down these rabbit holes and think that, what, what is the difference? Why do we have a girls and a boys league? Instead of realizing that there are biological differences between us. Some people are better than others at certain things. Why do you think a lot of women get into nursing fields or teaching fields? Because women biologically seem to be better caregivers than men. Oh, not all of them. Okay, maybe not all women. But again, we're ignoring biology. Are we throwing out millennia more than that? Tens of thousands of years of human development that we decided in the last five to six years to just go, ah, no, it seems to make sense to me. This is written by somebody who's never played sports. I don't know who Maggie Mertens is. Let me look her up, just for for funsies right now. Let me look this. Maggie Mertens. Let's see, this is a woman who... uh, uh yeah, I'm not doxing. This is a, of, of course, of course, of course. So this is a woman who uh, it looks like she's never lifted a weight in her life. She's never been on a sports team. Nothing. Maggie Mertens, author of the story. Oh, she has her pronouns in her bio. Yes, freelance, writing about gender, culture, bodies, health, sport, etc. She, her. And she has a uh, picture of herself uh, from June that says, Protect Trans Youth. Because that's adorable. Happy 50th anniversary to Title IX. It's a very good day to protect trans youth. Gender discrimination is gender discrimination. Oh. Mm. Here's the thing. Is it discrimination? If a girl wants to play boys' sports, and not just a little girl, because I remember growing up, in my little town of Bedford, Ohio, not too far out of Cleveland, and I played on a soccer team when I was six years old. And I remembered, yeah, it was about six, and I was on the soccer team, and there was a girl who was out there. And her and her brother, I think they were twins. and Or maybe she was a year older than him. I, I forget what, what it was. And she was really good. She was a good soccer player. In fact, she beat the crap out of a lot of us boys. I was not a very good soccer player. Uh, They just stuck me on defense and, you know, oh, if some kid kicks the ball, maybe I have a shot at some kind of defense. Soccer was never my game. But I was six years old. My parents were trying to find a way to get me out of the house during the fall because there were no football leagues yet. And in the spring, because baseball wasn't starting. So what are we going to do? He's just going to sit around from the end of basketball season, which was February, we're just going to have him sit around till June doing nothing? No, we're going to put him in soccer. Uh, he's going to get a little muddy. We're going to give him his little shin guards and his puma spikes. And he's going to play soccer until he decides he wants to do something else. But the girl we played, I think her name was Delena. She's kind of cute, actually. And she was really good. But here's what happened. Her younger brother caught up to her in size and talent. And so Delena, who is better than most of the boys on the team. Well, the boys got a little bit bigger and better, and then you start to see it kind of even itself out a little bit. So she, by comparison, is probably a pretty good female soccer player, and we should celebrate those differences. Instead, today we decide, no, it must be sexism that's keeping it. This woman has cleared, this author, and this whole piece is written by people and contributed to by people who have never had, ever played any type of co-ed sport. I'm telling you this right now. I play co-ed softball on Fridays, my wife and I. And luckily, my wife has half a brain, because that's why I married her. maybe a full brain. How about that? Nah, half a brain. She she did marry me. So my wife uh, was an athlete growing up. It hasn't really participated in a lot of sports in the last several years, and it, I felt it would be a kind of a cool thing for us to get together and do something together and, you know, be on the same team. My brother plays on this team. We know a bunch of people on it. Co-ed softball. We just played last Friday. The guys hit home runs. Me, my brother, we can hit home runs, meaning the fence where we're playing is about, I think it's 302, maybe 300, right around that. The girls, and we have a couple of girls who are really, really good softball players, like really good, can hit the ball just over the second base. I've, there's two girls on the team that played, I think, even college softball that are very good. But again, the differences between the sexes. The worst player, the worst guy on our team, can still hit the ball further than the best girl on our team. Now, why is that? Is it because we hate women? We don't want women to succeed? No, it's we understand there are differences, that women and men have their own strengths and weaknesses. And one of the weaknesses is high-level professional to collegiate sports. Why, why isn't there a, uh, a woman who's playing Major League Baseball right now? Is it because Major League Baseball is sexist? They hate women? They don't want to see a strong woman? No, it's because women cannot throw 95 miles an hour. Why am I not in Major League Baseball? I was a pretty good high school ball player. I was able to hum the ball in about 85 miles an hour. Not the fastest pitcher. Didn't have the best batting average, but why am I not playing? It's because I wasn't good enough. And there is a true barometer when you start thinking about what you do in society. (laughs) And you just go, gosh, you know, I'm 18 years old. I'm trying out for my college team. I blew my arm out over the summer. So I can't even throw 85 like I was. Also, I'm right-handed. And Major League Scouts are not looking at a pitcher who is not throwing at least 95 miles an hour now. It's, it's just not, they're not even thinking about you. Oh, you can't throw almost 100? Then, nah, too bad, so sad. What, okay, well, can you hit? How, what, what can you hit? Can you hit 800 in high school? If not, nah, we're not really looking at you. That's what's been going on right now. Is it because they don't like me because they don't like my face? They don't like that I'm Polish or, or Christian or what? No, it's because I'm not good enough. Now, let's go over to the WNBA. Why don't people care about the WNBA? Is it because basketball fans and sports fans in general hate women? They just hate women. Like, ugh, I can't even... I, New York Liberty? I can't... The LA Sparks and the Detroit Shock and all these other WNBA teams? I, I can't even stand the sight of a woman on TV. No, that's not why. If you heard the podcast with Adam Nutter that I did last week, it's... The real reason is it's inferior competition. And that's not really insulting. It's kind of like, would I rather go see the uh, uh, the Cleveland Browns? You know, they didn't play this well uh, over the weekend, but what I re- the Browns play tomorrow night on Thursday, Thursday night football. They play Brown Steelers. Would I rather see a Browns game or go to my local high school down the street and watch that? I'm watching the same sport. It's just being performed by inferior talent. Not saying those kids in high school can't, at some point, achieve the level of becoming a professional football player. That could happen. It probably won't statistically, but who knows? It's still the same sport, just as the WNBA is the same as the NBA, is the same as your local JV team. But it's inferior competition. Why why, is, or, or, why aren't minor league baseball players making the same amount uh, as Bryce Harper and Juan Soto and Max Scherzer? It's because they're not good enough yet. Maybe they will be. Maybe they will at some point get to a level where they make more than Max Scherzer because they're better than Max Scherzer. Who knows? But the reason you go to a minor league game is because you're not going to see the best talent but you are going to see the same game of baseball, and it's much cheaper. And say with WNBA. Growing up, we had a WNBA team in Cleveland called the Cleveland Rockers, and I knew a bunch of the players on the team. Uh, Eva Nemkova and Susie McConnell Serio. She was a great, great point guard. She probably was all of five foot two, but it was a really solid point. I think she's even a college coach right now. We, I loved going to those games. But I also understood that there's a difference between the Cleveland Rockers and the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Cavaliers in those days had Sean Kemp. They had uh, Brevin Knight as their point guard. If those players were playing, even Sean Kemp in his fattest and out of shape, unhealthiest, how many, God only knows how many kids he has, he still is better than anyone in the WNBA. And is that sexism? No, it's not there is a difference when it comes to strength. Now, for folks who are fans of my podcast, I'm just, for the last 26 minutes, have been preaching to the converted. You you know about this. But hopefully this gets into the ear of people who wake up and realize this. The only way to test this is to actually do it. Play co-ed softball. Yes, I have terrible guys on my co-ed softball team who can barely hit the ball, but their hits are still going further than the best Balls hit by the best women players. And that's no offense to the women. It really isn't. If anything, it's celebrating our differences. But we're not going to do that. We're going to throw that out the window. That's okay. What's the problem? What, you just hate women? No, I don't hate women. I wouldn't be married to a woman if I didn't, if I hated women. Yeah, there's certain things women do that do piss me off, certain things guys do that piss me off. But it's. We have to stop this childish belief that there is no difference between men and women, and especially when it comes to sports. Some men are better at things than women, and some women are better at things than men. Instead of, whatever happened to celebrating diversity? That's a part of diversity, right? It isn't just about skin color. It should be about, hey, we're from different backgrounds, different cultures. We have different appendages that are attached to us. We should celebrate those differences. Instead, it's sexism, it's racism, it's homophobia, it's transphobia. Well, you don't like trans... Well, you just hate transgender people. No, here's what I hate. I hate seeing someone like Leah Thomas, who is not far along into this gender transition, and jumping in the pool and beating other women by pool lengths. Like, pool lengths that she's... Leah Thomas now already is finished, and they're not even at the other end of the pool yet. And to say that there's not a difference in our bodily makeup, and we're just going to ignore that and say it's no problem. And then when Leah Thomas with penis and testicles just hanging out in the locker room with other women who are naked who do not have penis and testicles. It's not even so much that it's the The acceptance that it's the not not just tolerance, it's the forced acceptance. And if you don't accept this, you're a bigot. You're a turf. You're a trans exclusionary radical feminist. And that's what's sad about this is that I don't hear enough women speaking out on this. That they're afraid of being called turfs. That they're not going to get a job that they want someday. That because in college you complained about a transgender swimmer. That's what they're afraid of. It's like every other business. Why don't more people speak out about the vaccine? Oh, because I am afraid of getting fired. Why aren't more people speaking out over, just just pick anything that goes on. They're not saying anything because they're afraid they're going to get fired or they're going to get blackballed from a potential job. Oh, you don't want to be you don't want to be the woman who is, who, who who criticized Leah Thomas in college. You don't want to be that person. So that's why all the parents have to shut their mouths and all this the girls have to shut their mouths if anything, where are you feminists? Where are you during this? I say the same thing, by the way, about the gay community. When you have these these men, uh, like you're not hearing enough in the gay and lesbian community. Here, the big one, here's another le- lesbian. Growing up, I had friends who were what they called tomboys. And what it was is you were a girl who liked sports. You didn't fall into the binary "quote unquote" of playing Barbie dolls. You played GI Joe and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with the boys. I, I remember this girl that I grew up with. Her name was Sarah, and I think I went to all grade school with her. And we called it grade school when you're in when you go to Catholic or parochial school. Others would call it elementary school, middle school. But I went. I think I went probably through from kindergarten all the way maybe to eighth grade, maybe to sixth or seventh. I don't know. I think she moved away. And she was a tomboy. She had her hair cut short. At recess, she wasn't playing with Tamagotchis and Giga Pets. She was with us playing with a Vortex football in the parking lot. And she, she could catch the ball. She could throw the ball. She was a quarterback for us. You want to know what she's doing now? I think she, she has her own business and is selling makeup. Because she grew out of the tomboy phase. Because that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to grow up and you either learn from your mistakes... Or you capitalize on your on your strengths, and she's somebody that she could still like sports. She could still throw. I'm sure she. If if I saw her today and I threw a football to her, she would catch it and not go. Oh, my nails! And she would throw it back to me, and probably a better spiral than I can throw it. And that's okay. You're allowed to be that way. I mean, you're allowed to be a tomboy, and instead. It's the little girl picks up a football and goes, oh, a, she's a boy now. We got to go through the gender-affirming surgery. That's, that's unacceptable. That is unacceptable that we're doing this in society. And you're not allowed to criticize it or else you're a turf, You're a bigot. You're a transphobe. And, and, and how about this? Where are the lesbians? Where's the lesbian community? Maybe there's a girl who likes sports, likes drinking beer and telling dirty jokes, you know, like one of the guys, but isn't a guy. It's just a girl, a, a butch. Remember we used to th- use those terms? A butch. This is a butch lesbian. Are we not allowed to say, is that, am I being, uh, and I don't even know what I'm being right now then. But you would always, you would say that that's a butch lesbian. Instead, the butch lesbians are now men now because we've said, no, no, no you're actually a guy here's, here's some hormones. Here's some hormone treatment, testosterone. And they're growing these kind of shitty beards and wearing flannel and go like, yeah, bro, I'm one of the bros. So like you're, you're a girl who just likes sports and beer. It's okay. You're allowed to do that. What are we doing? We're normalizing this. This is not okay. <laughs> it, it, I'm sorry. I'm not even trying to make light of this. But it's, what we're doing is is just, it's sick. This is sick. And we're just supposed to just, as society, just go, eh, no, nah, that's okay. That's okay. So Matt Walsh, I know a lot of people don't like Matt Walsh. He's with Daily Wire. He put out the documentary, What is a Woman? And that's in response to Kentaji Brown Jackson, who was asked by Marsha Blackburn during her Supreme Court hearings, like, what is a woman? And she couldn't answer it because they're afraid. You know what it is? Is someone like Kentaji Brown Jackson is afraid that if she says a woman is somebody with fallopian tubes and a uterus and, you know, a vulva and, all the, and breasts and is able to give birth, that in a couple of years they're going to... S- the, the woke crowd is going to come back and say, you weren't woke enough for us. You have to be castigated out. I can't believe you would say you would gender a woman. <laughs> so Matt Walsh, he post, he, he's, he's been doing some investigative work, he says, my team and I have been investigating the transgender clinic at Vanderbilt here in Nashville. And remember, Nashville, in Tennessee, That this isn't just San Francisco, it's not just L.A., it's not just D.C. or New York or Chicago. This is happening in the interior of the country. How many places have we seen the drag shows, the drag your kids to this place? It's in Idaho, it's in Montana, it's in Missouri, it's in Dallas, Texas. This is going on all over the place. My team and I have been investigating the transgender clinic at Vanderbilt here in Nashville. Vanderbilt drugs, chemically castrates, and performs double mastectomies on minors. But it gets worse. Here's what we found out. We start at the beginning. And he has a bunch of videos. I'm not going to play all the videos because they're like two minutes long. And two minutes on a podcast may as well be a full 60-minute podcast. Vanderbilt opened, opened its trans clinic in 2018. During a lecture the same year, Dr. Shane Taylor explained how she convinced Nashville to get into the gender transition game. She emphasized it as a big money maker, especially because of the surgeries require a lot of follow-ups. So again, we're going through this situation where we're not very far into hormones and uh, gender-affirming care to understand what is going to happen if you dis- if we decide to trans a 12-year-old, what What is their life going to be like at 25? We're not that far along into this. Um, let's see, where am I at here? Uh, Vanderbilt was apparently concerned that not all of its staff would be on board. Dr. Ellen Clayton warned that contentious objections are problematic. Anyone who decides not to be involved in transition surgeries due to religious beliefs will face consequences. In the case the objectors hadn't gotten the memo, Vanderbilt unveiled a program called Trans Buddies. The Buddies are trans activists from the community who attend appointments with trans patients, monitoring the doctors to guard against unsafe behavior such as misgendering. Vanderbilt makes their trans Buddies available to children, too. They make lots of services available to children, including chemical castration. Though at some point in the last month, they re- removed explicit admission of this fact from their site. Here's the archived screenshot. And the archived screenshot says, uh, yeah, test treatments and services. We offer a full range of test uh, treatments and services, including gender-affirming hormone therapy. <sighs> But they must have forgotten to delete a video from Vanderbilt Psychiatri- uh, Psychiatry's YouTube channel back in 2020, which admits it explicitly, uh, which it admits explicitly that they will give and have given irreversible hormone drugs to children as young as 13. After they have drugged and sterilized the kids, Vanderbilt, as explained in the video pre- presentation by plastic surgeon Julian Winokur and physician's assistant Shailen Vanderblomen which is weird to say, will happily perform double mastectomies on adolescent girls. So let's review. Vanderbilt got into the gender transition game admittedly in large part because it's very very financially profitable. They then threatened any staff members who objected and enlisted a gang of trans activists to uh, act as surveillance in order to force compliance. They now castrate, sterilize, and mutilate minors as well as adults while apparently taking steps to hide this activity from the public view. This is what healthcare has become in modern America, and Matt has a link to his podcast on that. This is going on, and and what's the response from communities? The response is we need to ban libs of TikTok. What now? What is libs of TikTok? Libs of TikTok doesn't dox people. They are taking public videos that are posted on TikTok. By educators, by parents, by God only knows what. And posting them on their page saying, look what's going on on TikTok. And so who's the ones getting banned over this? Who's the ones getting threatened, uh, threatening to get banned and doxxed? It's libs of TikTok. This is, this is just, this is reprehensible. Uh, I mean what are we doing here as society? We're saying that women can play men's sports and trans, a, a, a trans man, which is a former woman who's going up against biological men. Is, it's okay. It's the, it's the same. I don't know about you. I don't want to see women get their asses kicked in pro sports. Like, I don't want to see MMA fighters where you have a former man going up against women and beating the shit out of them. Makes me a little uncomfortable. So we have that. Now we want it going on to kids. Again, like I said at the very beginning of this podcast, I don't care if you want to transition, you want to, you know, you want to lop this and take this off and become this and identify as that. After you're 18, you go for it. I don't have to accept it. I can tolerate it and say, hey, you're trans, whatever, that's cool, as long as you're happy. But don't force it on the kids. But but as I mentioned in the podcast last week with Adam Nutter, what is the goal? The goal seems to be to corrupt the kids, because having an 18-year-old and trying to feed them a lot of this propaganda, this this trans propaganda, this LGBTQ plus propaganda, by the time they're 18, they're starting to think for themselves. We can't have that. We... They have to kick this down a little bit younger, and we have to put this. That's why you notice all these Hollywood celebrities. What are the odds that all these Hollywood celebrities, their kids are all trans now? Is it because, it, like Bill Maher said, is it in Amer- is it in Ohio? Are we suppressing transgenderism, or are they creating them in California? I think we know the answer. It's Munchausen by proxy. That's all this is. This is sick. This is sick what's going on and having these children's hospitals, which they not only have admitted that they're performing these gender affirming surgeries, which is essentially it's it's castration, it's castration, it's body mutilation. Remember we heard all those years about some of the Middle Eastern countries that would, you know, take the clitoris off of young girls and women so they wouldn't have any kind of sexual pleasure? And we thought, God, that's just sick. We're doing that in America right now. And we're not only just doing that on the coast, we're doing that in the middle of the country. And we're just supposed to go, well, you know, it's, it's whatever, it's between the parents. And then these kids who get indoctrinated by the stuff that's on TikTok are coming to school and the teacher is saying like, oh, so so Billy, Billy is now Bertha or whatever. I, I should probably picked a better name. Uh, let's say, I'll use my name. So Tony, me, Tony, I go to school because I'm in third grade, fourth grade because my parents put me in a little Spider-Man t-shirt and pair of jeans and hey dude shoes. But then when I go to school, I'm Tanya. So I go into the closet, the the gender closet, as they call it, the transition closet. And I come out and I have little budding breasts, and I have a wig on, and so for the rest of the day, my classmates and my teacher and administrators will call me Tanya, because these are my new, this is my new name, these are my pronouns. It's just when, you know, the bell's about to ring at three o'clock at 255, then I go back in the transition closet, and I put my butch uh, Superman t-shirt on and become Tony again, and this is going on with little girls, too, where they want to become boys, and they these teachers are providing chest plates, so that way they can put that Spider-Man T-shirt on. The little girl can put a Spider-Man T-shirt on and not and suppress her her young breasts in this this chest plate. This is going on. This is a thing that's happening in society now, and we're just supposed to go. Well, you know, it's between uh, the parents. No, the parent a lot of these parents don't know about this. This is that's what's sick about it. The parents are not being under being told and that there's they're coming out and trying to tell them like no, a parent doesn't really have any uh, ha- parents shouldn't have any say. Here's what happened last year in Virginia when you had Terry McAuliffe, when you had all these parents who were really pissed off and you had Merrick Garland the Attorney General calling protesters at these uh uh, pta meetings calling them domestic terrorists for what because they don't want critical race theory and critical gender theory and gender queer being taught to students they think yeah no uh when terry mcauliffe comes out and basically says you don't own your kids we own your kids the state owns your kids You're just an apartment. You're a landlord for the kids. We are the parents. We know what's best for your kids. There are teachers who are saying this as we speak. This is sick. And are we supposed to say anything about it? (laughs) Unbelievable. Unbelievable. (sighs) I mean, just listen to this. Here's, here's a licensed therapist. This is going on in therapy, too. So here's what, here's what it is. is a, this is a therapist. It looks like a, a gay man. It says, POV, your homophobic, transphobic parents drop you off for therapy thinking I'm a hetero. And he waves and is putting his thumbs up like, bye parents, bye, we'll take good care of your kids. And then looks over and then goes, me, queer AF, here to validate your feelings, support you, talk about oppression and challenge your parents. They are preying on your children. They are preying on your children. When you say, oh, they'll come for the kids. Remember that? Remember the slippery slope argument? All the televangelists, all those right-wingers, oh, oh, they're not going to come for the kids. They're coming for the kids. They are preying on your kids. They know how vulnerable your kids are, which is why they're doing that. And when you're a kid, you don't want to hear from your parents. Screw your parents. I want to hear from other people. My parents don't know what's better. They're a bunch of dopes. They're morons. I have to hear from them all the time. I want to hear from somebody else, a trusted individual. So then when you have this uh, sick, sick, perverted uh, uh, psychologist who is just preying on children and trying to convince them to be gay, to be trans, to be this and that, it's where you start to realize, you'll go, wait a second here. Maybe that nature versus nurture conversation is a little bit more complex than we thought. Ah, no, you're just born gay. Hmm. I don't know. This is, uh, uh, let's see. Uh, here's, here's a pornographic book. It says this book is gay by James Dawson. And in the book that's on display teaches how to have gay sex and use sex apps. (laughs) How about this one? This is, uh, this was on Tucker.
1: But we're sad to tell you it's not just happening
0: in Canada. You see versions of it
1: everywhere, including in this country. And to be clear, what this is children being used as props in the sexual fantasies of adults. Children being used as props in the sexual fantasies of adults. Are you okay with that? Is any normal person okay with that? It's completely wrong. It's utterly outside the bounds of what's acceptable. It's not a close call. And yet, suddenly, teachers, licensed teachers, are bragging about it on social media. I have had multiple students come out to me, not just with their sexuality, but also with their gender identity. It's one of the reasons I think it's so important to be out and loud and proud. I teach my elementary school students about gender identity. Some people are girls, some are boys, some are both, some are neither. I might tell this kid, we do have a flag in the class that you can pledge your allegiance to. And he like looks around and goes, oh, that one? So again if you were walking through the park with your kids and a stranger came up and started talking to them say to your fifth grader your five-year-old or even your 14-year-old about sex what would you do well you would call the police of course that's not allowed it's a crime because they're children but teachers are allowed to do it and then to brag about
0: it and yeah that's what's going on is that the teachers have that plausible deniability. But we're just teaching. Look, it's what I'm accredited. I went to college. Look at my at my master's degree. I did this. They're being used to be groomed. And yeah, you know, I know we're not allowed to use that term on Reddit anymore. And even people are getting kicked off of Twitter for saying groomer, but it's the truth. It's it's an admittedly ambiguous term because are these teachers grooming children to have sex with them? Or are they grooming them to be good little soldiers to further a cause, whether it's a social cause or or communism, Marxism, cultural Marxism, anything like that? And the answer is yes. Yes to all. Not all teachers want to have sex with their children and students, but some do. Some do. Oh, you don't like that? Well, what about the Catholic Church? Tony, the Catholic Church. Yeah, the Catholic Church had a problem. It still, in some ways, has a problem. How many times, how many stories a week do you hear about the Catholic Church having a, um, a, 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 an altar boy get molested by a priest? Not as often as it used to be. Back in the day, there was. Not as often, the lid's been blown off. And, and thankfully, I'm, I'm a Catholic, and I'm very unhappy with how the, the, the previous, what, three, four popes have handled this. It, it, it's sick. However, not excusing any of that. But how many times a week do we hear about a student getting molested by a a teacher? Whether it's a a boy who is 14, who got taken in by a 24-year-old teacher who is hot, and they show her TikTok and Instagram, and she's wearing a thong on vacation and stuff. Or you have a creepy old man uh, who who preys on like a 7-year-old girl. These stories happen several times a week in public schools, government schools, by the way, and we're not supposed to say anything. We're not supposed to think there's any systemic problem, that these are all just, oh, just a couple of bad apples, it's okay. So I like how the bad apple argument can apply to teachers who are doing it several times a week, and a lot of times we don't even know about it, but the Catholic Church, who did have a large issue, we have to keep hearing about that constantly. Funny how that works. This is sick. This is sick what's going on. And as you heard from Tucker, and I've been playing a lot of the libs of TikTok and just regular TikTok videos that I've seen of these teachers who are doing this. And uh, I mean, what is the goal? What is the goal? It's to corrupt the kids, whether it's corrupt them sexually or to confuse them and get them. I mean, these kids are not learning reading, writing, and arithmetic, but they'll learn about, you know, like structural hierarchies and uh, pride progress flags and pronouns, you should not... No. This should not be learned about. <laughs> it's, it's not appropriate. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I, I love these stories that have popped up, especially this week. They're like, oh, are you talking about banning books? No. Yeah, you know what? Actually, I would like to start banning some books. Ones where they're teaching about graphic gay sex. And they're purposely put in these class libraries, these school libraries. They're put there so kids do start learning about this. I remember when I was a kid, I saw, oh gosh, it might have been like National Geographic. Well, I think everybody's had their National Geographic story, but it was like something, no, no, it was Time. And Time was doing a a, a 20th century thing. It was all about the 20th century leading from, you know, the very beginning all the way to 1999 and the ball drop and Y2K. And I think there was a protest. There was some protest. It was something in the early 90s. And Time has a large picture in there that had these two topless women with, from what I remember, admittedly nice breasts. And I remember I, I was opening it up. I looked at it. I'm like, Uh, and some of my friends, we started looking at it. And then, uh, the next day we wanted to go back there and we noticed that somebody put a nice black mark right across the breasts. And, uh, yep. Fun time was over, folks. Is that banning a book? Is that censoring a book? Yeah. Yeah. Now I am a, you say, well, Tony, aren't you a libertarian? Aren't you a free speech absolutist? I am. But I am for adults, that we should be able to have these kind of conversations. And by the way, I'm in favor of a kid, kind of like what, what happened with George Carlin, is that George Carlin would h- hear a word or read a word, say, Mom, what's fuck mean? And she'd be like, okay, well, get the dictionary. Learn about it. That if you're going to use that kind of language, you should know what these words mean. Use it in a sentence. You should understand the. W- so I think that's the learning lesson you go from there. As opposed to, you know, we start to keep things from our parents. That's not right. None of this is right. So what's the answer? What's the response? How do we respond to this insanity, this craziness that's going on in society? Well, first of all, we need more people to wake up and talk about this. We need more people to say, hey, guys, there is a difference between men and women, especially when it comes to sports, that men are usually better at football, for example, than a woman. They have those commercials, for God's sake, that uh, the stupid where they, they merge the two things that they want to watch with the mixed-race couple that's up there, and they say, like, I could watch football or Desperate Housewives. Or, I mean, not Desperate the the real housewives. So, like, football, housewives, football, housewives. And then they show Dak Prescott and on the field throwing interceptions, getting sacked by some of the real housewives of God only knows what. And, but... Look at them. I mean, for, it's a great lesson if you think about it. That they're dressing these women up in football pads and, you know, they they're wearing high heels. It's supposed to be silly because it's a silly commercial. Is what it is. It's supposed to be silly. But you're going to tell me that a woman who's who looks like that is going to go up against Dak Prescott, and Ezekiel Elliott, and anyone else on the Dallas Cowboys. In, in in real life, let's let's put this together. Who is it going to hurt? It's going to hurt women. Call me a feminist, but I don't think I want to see women get hurt. But is that the society you want? We just beat the shit out of women and it's okay because transgenderism? It's okay for Leah Thomas, for for these young girls who jump in a pool when they're six months old or however old you, you take a little kid where they start to learn about water and everything maybe okay maybe not 6 months let's go let's go 2 years 2 years old you go into the little kitty pool and they start to learn about this so you have a little girl who goes through that process and then is going to swimming lessons and going through the you know the little doggy paddles and they start to learn about different strokes and then you get really good then you're on your you become a, maybe a lifeguard for a bit or you're on the diving team in high school and the swimming team you start winning championships and medals then you get to college And you're one of the best in the state. You've been the one of the best in the state until, or not even college. It's even happening in high school. You get some girls are so good. And then they look at a guy jumps in the pool. They look at a guy who looks like Kevin Nash, jumps in the pool and just is just lapping you. And there's nothing you can do about it. Until you decide to see there is something you can do. You're just afraid of getting called out. And I get it. I totally get it, but there needs to be some kind of coordinated effort where more people are going to come out and say this is wrong, this is 100% wrong. There are people who are doing that; they are getting canceled, they are, uh, be, you know, being hurled names. But you know what? It has to be done because if I had a young daughter, and there's a there's a boy, there's a man that she's facing in softball, in basketball, in a scoring. Wilt Chamberlain type of numbers in basketball, Brittany Griner type of stuff. Then I'm going to say, look, there, there's an issue here. We have a big-time big, big time issue. Our girls don't have a chance because they are not physically capable of being on the court against this person. Well, what are you talking about? There's no difference. Yes, there is. There are differences. Why do you think when you go to a golf course that they have the ladies' tees are way up there and the guys' tees and the pros' tees are way back there? If that were the case... If okay, then get rid of the ladies' tees. Or how about all the guys use the ladies' tees? Then the, what's gonna happen? Guys are gonna get better scores. Or women are gonna get worse scores if they're going back to the guys in the pros tees. I mean, why aren't the why isn't the US women's soccer team making the kind of money that the men are? Because they're not as good. It's inferior product. Why isn't Serena Williams, she's the greatest athlete that's ever lived, most dominant? Okay. Put her in the arena as a guy. Oh, what about Billie Jean King versus uh, Bobby Riggs? Uh, he was drunk, and he f- came out, and he threw the whole thing that happened. He, th- he threw the whole match. We all know about this story. Some do. Some decide they don't want to hear about it. There are differences between the sexes, and there's differences when it comes to the trans sexes. If you are a transgender woman meaning you are a former man, you're going to have a different hormone buildup than others. It's just the case. But we're just going to throw that out the window. That's okay. And then having it seep on down. Again, it's one thing if you're 25 and you want to get this surgery taken care of. It's another when you're a child, and they're pushing this on children too. So we need to speak up. We need to have more podcasts like mine speaking up about this. I don't have kids yet. I'm trying to have kids. Do I want to raise kids in this society? No. And that's why I want to change that before those kids end up going to school. And maybe we can actually have a little bit more of a sane conversation and a sane society. Until then, we're just throwing common sense out the window. Uh, And we just decide that this is just normal. This is the new normal. It's the new normal. We get 12 vaccines a year and we wear masks all the time and we do this, this, and this and we pretend that men are women and women are men and, uh, you know, we're, we're just going to live in this society. It's okay. What's wrong with it? I mean, it's the new normal. It's 2022. What's the problem? What are you, a bigot? What are you, a trans What do you hate women? What is a woman? <laughs> Christ. Ah, oh, goodness gracious. Well, thank you for listening to my free podcast for the week. Again, if you are listening to this wherever you get your podcasts, I am on Patreon at patreon.com slash Tony Mazur, T-O-N-Y-M-A-Z-U-R. You get podcasts just like this one, five bucks a month. So basically, every podcast is a quarter. It's 25 cents. So consider subscribing if you are appreciative and you enjoy this type of content. If not, well, go fuck yourselves. <laughs> Take care now. Have yourselves a good, uh, good week, everybody.